clinical disclaimer. This podcast is focused on education and entertainment. While we love to help and teach, it is not meant to be used as a replacement for clinical services. If you are experiencing significant relationship issues or major concerns in your sexual, physical, or mental health, please seek the services of a professional provider near you. Welcome to the University of Pleasure. Where we have sexual conversation to help build a happier nation. I'm Dr. Tara Jansen, licensed psychologist and certified sex therapist. And I'm Jeremiah James, and I'm just a guy who likes talking about sex in its season three. Doc, you what? believe it? I cannot believe that we are still here together. <laughs> <laughs> it's shocking. <laughs> it is shocking. It's shocking that our love continues to grow. It's just like, you know, you plant a seed, you put a little water on it, and out pops a flower, Doc. That's our love. The growth is amazing. I am routinely, genuinely surprised I am still here. That is. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my golly goodness, Doc, we are back. Hello, folks. Hello, folks out there in the world. To our millions of fans at the University of Pleasure, Doc, it really is good to see you again virtually because we're never in the same place at the same time. Although, although this is exciting, <laughs> we are going to be getting together in person for the first time in cha cha ching two years, two years. Yep, two years back when I agreed to do this. <laughs> <laughs> So we will see how it goes. <laughs> I know you're excited to see me again in person. I am, I am excited to see you again in person. And uh, yeah, we got all kinds of events planning, Doc. Somebody's got a birthday that's going to be happening at that point in time. I don't want to say who. It's the Doc is having her <laughs> birthday. And we're going to celebrate. It's going to be great. I am. I'm very, I'm very excited. It'll be fun. And I can just feel the excitement. So can our fans. <laughs> I'm, more a, I'm more of a get excited when I'm there. Kind I understand. Of, and, you know. and our fans understand. They know you. I know you. I know us. And I. it's just so us. You know what I mean? This is all just so us. <laughs> I just want to say that we have some amazing announcements that are actually announcements that I can announce right now. New features here at the University of Pleasure. The first new amazing feature. We're going into the 21st century here, Doc, with our own phone number and voicemail. (laughs) Isn't this... The fact that it took us two years and two full seasons to set this up is really incredible. It's really, really incredible. Doc, we are so 1997, right? We're going to get pagers next. (laughs) We got a phone number and we got it. Because we were like, we're always asking people to like submit their better, like could have been better sex stories or sex questions. And we were like, oh my God, why don't we create a number for people to call and to leave us messages or stories or things you feel comfortable with us even airing on the podcast to talk about. 100% true. 100% true. So here is our new phone number. Everybody get yourselves a pen. It is 917-382-06. A five three. That number again is nine one seven three eight two zero six five three. It is not a live call in line. It is a voicemail system. But call in, give us your sex stories, and it's anonymous, so we could just take that audio and throw it up on the old podcast and, here. And if you do not want us to put your audio up, you can tell us. And if you're just comfortable with us summarizing your story or reading it, we want people to be comfortable. That is true, too. But you know what, Doc? I really can't take credit for this phone number. You can't take credit for this phone number. You know, I have to give a shout out. This is kind of also a little bit because the guys at How Cool Is This kind of this was something that, I, you know, we kind of learned from them, don't you think? I mean, the guy, how cool is this? The podcast that we guested on, yeah. That's right. So they had a phone number, you know, and we're all about sharing here and true transparency. And uh, which also leads me to the next thing. We're big time winners. We're big time winners. Okay. We won a major, major award, the Coolio Awards at How Cool Is This, the podcast. I am so honored that we won. And again, even though this was 
your idea in quotes. Which idea was it? I actually don't know which idea it was. I just was told I won, and I was like, I gave them five. I don't know which one I won No, for. it's our series that won, Doc. Our series of ideas is what won. Oh, great. Yes. Yes. So we are now officially an award-winning podcast. So when when you go on like MSNBC or something, Doc, to talk about <laughs> sex and sexual health and all that stuff, you know, and when I'm doing my self-help guruships, that I can say, well, we have an award-winning podcast. Award-winning. Isn't That's that amazing? Really it is exciting. I heard they're sending us an award, and I just think we will have to negotiate where the award lives. No, I feel we like we don't it's need probably- to negotiate. It's coming to my house. It's yeah. going on my. It's going in my office. I mean, that feels. It was my idea. You get the award. That makes a lot of sense. To yeah, me. but it's my that. delivery that really helps balance everything out. I feel, and you know, I feel that I'm the one that also described the idea. That's not the point. <laughs> Okay, we'll move on. We, You can have it. It's clearly more important to you. We'll let you have it. Thank you very much, Doc, for understanding that this is something that I need in my life. I like yes, to be a winner. I, okay. I can I can seriously see that. Okay. Well, um, as an aside, can I ask a quick question? This yeah. is like totally separate with our, our new phone number, which yeah, we yeah, are yeah. sadly really proud of, which does feel a little sad in certain ways. Um, <laughs> it really does. Uh, have you done telethons before because you really the way you did that phone number had a real like public access telethon kind of comfort to me that I just I'm just curious about it thank you thank you doc yeah thank you very much it seems like I don't know like you really you had a handle on it and I was just curious let's just (laughs) let me just put it put it out there okay I watched a lot of tv when I was a kid all right, I picked up some little tricks of the trade here, you know, so I may have just pulled that out of the old classic tricks bag of somebody that has the level of vocal talent that I bring to the table. I just, okay. poof. Well, there it is. But that just shows you, know you I, and our listeners again, you're you welcome. I, you're welcome. I'm so glad I'm here for all of you. Right. Well, you know what I love about giving you a compliment, Jeremiah? Yeah. How it, it so quickly uh, progresses to uh, further self compliments. It's it's really an amazing <laughs> feat. Well, thank you very much, Doc, for your compliment, and uh, I, I I take it on board humbly. Okay. Great. Okay. Super. What's our? <laughs> don't we have one more announcement? As long we need to keep this ball of moving here. Yes. Okay. Okay. We have another announcement, and it's very exciting. New podcast under the umbrella of the University of Pleasure. It is going to be coming out once a month. Totally new podcast. We're going to launch it on our current URL here on this channel, so to speak. Just the first one. Don't want to confuse anybody. And then it's going to have its own channel. And it is called... Go ahead, Doc. Drumroll. Is this because you forgot? Or No, I know the name. <laughs> But okay, it's good. your podcast. It stars okay. you. This great. This is a, a podcast with if some of you that are our listeners have maybe listened to some of the episodes with uh, Laura Rademacher. The My wonderful- best friend. Yes, Laura Rademacher, the very talented uh, sex therapist and marriage and family therapist. Uh, she's done some of our episodes of, on consent and other topics. She's wonderful. Uh, her and I are doing our new podcast, um, Sex Therapist Shoot the Shit. And it, it is, is literally exactly what it sounds like. It is <laughs> Laura Rademacher and I shooting the shit uh, about topics around like sex, sexuality, relationships, mental health. And the fun part of it is that every week um, as we progress, we're going to be adding new guests that are other sex therapists that will come in and shoot the shit with us. The first couple episodes are just Laura and I, and then the rest of them will be with with some new folks and some um, voices you haven't heard before. Absolutely. And I just would like to say um, to our millions of fans out there, please listen to this podcast, okay? I know, I know that we're going to get a lot of fan mail saying, why isn't Jeremiah in this (laughs) podcast? Where is Jeremiah? I would like you all to know I'm humble enough to step back and let other people shine. And so I'm excited about this podcast. Please listen, even though I'm not in it. And I'm not upset that I'm not in it. It doesn't bother me that I'm not in it. It doesn't bother me that I wasn't invited to be a guest or even be on the podcast in general as a host sometimes every once in a while. But I just want you all to know it's a great podcast. 
no matter what, okay? And please listen to Sex Therapist Shoot the Shit with Doc and my best friend, Laura Rademacher. It's going to be so good. Once a month, on a Thursday, coming out. Actually, the Thursday after we uh, debut our third season episode right here, Doc. So I think that's what? Is that uh, the 17th? I don't, I'm not good with math, but the point is, I think... It, well, yeah. I, it would, I mean, we should be specific. Otherwise, it's like, it's, it's coming out on some Thursday. Yeah, so, well, well, the 14th is Monday, and that's going to be Valentine's Day. So, it's definitely coming out that Thursday, which is, what, three days after that's that? That's the 17th. So, it's the 17th. You were 100% right. 17th, everybody. University of Pleasure presents Sex Therapists Shoot the Shit with Dr. Tara Jansen and Laura Rademacher, my best friend. Gonna be epic. Check it out. All right. Those are all the announcements about announcements. We're back on track. It only took us like 10 minutes. <laughs> it only took like half of our time. It's okay. But we've got a really great topic today. And I was actually, this one, Doc, I gotta say, I was shocked that we had never really done this topic before. <laughs> yeah, it seems asinine, but yes. Yes. So here we go. I want it. I hate it. I love it. Our complex relationship with pleasure. Yeah, we've done so many episodes. And I realized <laughs> we've literally never done one on like literally just the concept of pleasure. Of pleasure in general. <laughs> and, and what is it? And why why do we have such difficult relationships with it? Because we do. That's yes, a very we do. real. Yes, we do. So let's jump into it. What is Pleasure Doc? Hit our fans with some knowledge. Yeah. So like, as always, I'm going to be overly complex about something that seems relatively simple, mostly because it's not simple, right? So pleasure is something that usually feels pretty self-explanatory, right? Like people are like, yeah, it's something that feels good. But really, pleasure is often a much more complex experience for people. Because when I'm talking about pleasure, a lot of times people kind of have a narrow conceptualization of pleasure. Like, so for instance, we're talking about this on a podcast that's largely about, you know, sex and sexual relationships. So people often think of pleasure within that context. But pleasure is something that happens across our lives, right? Like in many different ways, we experience pleasure sexually, potentially. We experience uh, pleasure in all sorts of emotional ways, relational ways, individual ways. And it's very multi-dynamic and it can happen in varying degrees and it can mean a lot of different things to a lot of people. That's and true. So, it's 100% true because, I mean, anything from like the pleasure of like food, pleasure yeah. of just like seeing an old friend. So like pleasure is just like it just spans like the universe. Yeah. Well, and I think that like a lot of times it's just, you know, and this is just sort of stuff that maybe is kind of like no duh, but I think it's sometimes always helpful to say it out loud, but like pleasure is really, it's very expansive and it's beyond just the physical and it, what it really has much more to do with is our emotions than anything else. Right. 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 So, so pleasure is often an emotional experience. And so just like, so some examples, right. Pleasure can be like the sense of like awe or wonderment that someone might have looking at like a beautiful mountain, right. Or like the grand Canyon, right. Pleasure can be the feeling of peace that somebody gets when, you know, just like chilling in a hot bath. I think the stuff, like the way that people experience pleasure that sometimes feels almost a little bit more confusing though is pleasure can also be like the relief that someone might have like during a moment of silence when a room of screaming children quiets down. Yes. Right. Another kind of complex pleasure experience can be the sadistic satisfaction someone gets when watching someone get hit in the crotch on a YouTube video or <laughs> like. Sorry. <laughs> it's like you're in my mind. Like that is one of my favorite sweet spots. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's the thing. Like, pleasure can show up in all of these different ways. And we don't always necessarily think of those different instances as pleasure. But pleasure really only, and, and this is a little, you know, kind of more uh, deeper psychology here, but like and more philosophical, but pleasure really only exists relative to other emotional or physical experiences. So an example would be like, you don't know what pleasure is unless you know what pain is, right? You can't understand the difference. Like we literally consciously can't understand what the experience of pleasure is without having something that juxtaposes that or is in opposition to that. So I'm so glad you gave an example because I'm sure you saw my face because I gave that face of like, uh, what? Yeah. So thank you for that because it's so true. It's like 
It's like that old thing of like, uh, you know, you don't really know what true love is until you've had your heart broken. You got to know, you know what I mean? You got to have a little pain to see the joy. Am I kind of, am I, is that kind of yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's like we only understand things in relativity other things, right? So if if you never experienced pain, you wouldn't really experience pleasure either, right? Because it's juxtaposed against that other experience. Like a really concrete example from sex <laughs> that that is like uh, a it's, good, it's good one. In- it's really good to use this doc because this is a podcast about sex. So yeah, um- yeah. So we'll use sex. We will use sex, shockingly, as an example, right? Like that tension, right? Like some people will describe, you know, like, let's say someone has an orgasm building, like people talk about sexual frustration, right? They both love it and they hate it, right? Like there's that sense of tension and almost like mild to sometimes extreme distress that somebody might have, right? But orgasm is about like the relief of that, right? Like the release of that tension and that stress. Right. And the only thing that make the one of the main things that makes that, that orgasm or that release a pleasurable experience is now the absence of that other uncomfortable experience. Oh yes. Okay. I'm with you now. Okay. Right. Like, so if you think about like, this would be another degree, like some people enjoy like, you know, pain as a part, like literally like pain, like physical pain as a part of their sexual experience, like masochism. Like a lot of times people are like, well, how would you, why would you enjoy that? And there's a lot of different reasons people might uh, like that as a part of their sexual experience. But if you talk to somebody that kind of practices that, especially people that are practicing that in like consensual responsible ways, which many, many people do, they, they'll talk about that idea of like, yeah, but the relief when the pain is gone is what I'm after, right? right? The high of that, the relief of that. Sometimes the pain itself, there's escape in that, and there's all sorts of complex experience people might have with the pain itself. But also there's something very, people will describe as like exquisite about the relief of that pain. And we all, and, and I'm talking about these very like kind of acute, concrete sexual experiences, but this also happens just emotionally in day-to-day life. Like a really good example is the one I gave about like screaming children. There is a moment of pleasure when you're around like a room. I <laughs> like I I one day walked into a, a fr- with a friend to pick up their kid from a, a um, what's it called? Uh, daycare. A, daycare thank you sorry like a daycare and it was just bedlam <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like, well, ah! yeah. <laughs> like right because right. like the intensity of that experience and the distress and like the overstimulation of it was distressing in a certain way and so then i was able to experience pleasure by walking away from, <laughs> from that experience. but these kind of juxtapositions happen all the time and when one of the things that we often forget is that pleasure doesn't occur within a vacuum right it doesn't occur on its own it occurs often in relation to other difficult emotional experiences and or you know sort of even distressing at time not always but sometimes distressing emotional experiences and so it's just it's a little bit more philosophical but it's also just a different way of thinking about pleasure that i think is important and that's part of why i think you know like that that title right like i want it i hate it i love it our complex relationship with pleasure right why do we have a complex relationship with pleasure? Well, part of that is be- because we often feel very confused by it. Because well, that's it so does- strange because I have no problem with pleasure. Like, I love pleasure. That pleasure and me are – I'm like best friends with pleasure. Like, give it. I love it. Bring it. There's never a moment where I'm like, push that pleasure away. I just love the pleasure. So am I just – am I just that – Well, but you're, are you also thinking just about sexual pleasure? Well – no. Have there has there has there ever been a moment in your life where you had a feeling of intense love and affection and it almost felt like a little too much so you found yourself backing away from it? Uh okay, fine. All right, fine. <laughs> You're thinking, right, about pleasure in this very sort of concrete way around like sex and like visceral pleasure. Well, I like concrete things, doc. I like I know concrete you things. Do. Okay. And that's totally fine. And my job is to make them more abstract and for us to have dialogues. <laughs> okay. So. okay. It's so great to be back. It's so great to be back. Okay. Isn't it so great to be back? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> learning. <laughs> Hashtag learning. Um, but do you get my point, I'm right? I'm with you. Like, I get it. I'm but here. Like, but that sometimes 
is a really overwhelming experience. People, that's a common experience. Somebody might feel this like wave of love and affection and it's almost scary. And so they, it's been for some people, it's super scary. So they walk away or they push it away and, or it might be some type of pleasure they're not used to and it freaks them out a little. And, and so pleasure isn't just about like these physical sort of concrete ways that we experience them in like this very visceral physical way, but it's also these sort of emotional experiences that we can have with them. Okay. And it's part of what can, for some people, create a lot of conflict. And some people maybe have a lot of comfort with one area of pleasure in their lives and then a very complex relationship in another area of their lives where they're like, I'm really good at experiencing maybe pleasure with sex, or maybe it's like, I'm really good at experiencing pleasure with my friends and we're hanging out and having a laugh. But when it comes to sex, I actually feel really, I have a really hard time letting go or just letting myself enjoy a thing. There's all sorts of different ways that that can show up for people. So what what are the things that make it confusing and scary then? Right. Okay. Well, I mean, there's a lot of reasons that people can feel confused by it. Some of it's just because there's like a newness to it or like maybe you're experiencing, you know, a pleasure that you haven't had before that you don't quite understand. But we also have a lot of cultural rules about what type of ple- what types of pleasure are okay and not okay. Yeah, I want to know the ones that are okay. Uh, the not okay ones, we can talk shorter amount of time about. I want to know the ones that are are, are, are the good <laughs> pleasures. Well, that's the point. I think is that like there is no actual rule, but people can be super judgy regarding <sighs> what what people are supposed to find pleasure from. Like you know, sometimes people will be like, "Oh, you like that? What a weirdo!" You know what I mean? Like. Like there's certain things that people enjoy, right? So let's say someone gets pleasure from those weird ASM, like I'm see, I'm judging them right now. Those ASMR videos, <laughs> you know what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, like, like people who are I like, watched, hey, I, yes, I just, I'm reading you Winnie the Pooh and it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that. I watched when someone was like, you should watch this. And it was like a video of like someone cracking a and eggs plopping into a bowl yep. and and I was like this is terrible <laughs> you know <laughs> but like for me it was like nails on a chalkboard but for somebody else it's like really pleasurable to listen to that and that's fine what is more of a problem right is like when people start to get really judgy about that and I think that sex is an area where like judginess around what somebody finds pleasurable is a really area where there's a lot of judgment. Okay, well, I think this is a good place to take our first break of season three. So then we can come back and you can talk more about that aspect of the sexual (laughs) thing that has to do with pleasure. I'm confused in this episode. I'm not going to lie. I'm just, I'm I'm on the ride, okay? I'm open (laughs) and I'm on the ride. When when we come back, we'll talk about what's confusing. Okay. Okay. We'll be right back. And we're back. Talking about pleasure. Don't really understand what we're talking about. But <laughs> the What doc- do you let Okay, so let's like zone in on that. What parts feel confusing? I don't I don't I don't I I I don't know. I I'm genuinely so I'm like I'm with you, but at the same point, I'm like, am I there? I think I'm there. Like, you know, so just let's talk about like, let's go back to something that Jeremiah knows. Let's go back to some sex stuff. All right. So like uh, you were talking about pleasure in sex and why some people shame things and they don't shame things like that's a little more like I can wrap my head around that. So let's let's start there. Okay. what about there? What about there? I don't know. You're you're running the show. (laughs) I thought we were running the show, Jeremiah, Mr. I want the plaque at my house. I want the award. I will have the plaque at my house. I'm just (laughs) saying. Yeah, okay. I see how this goes. Okay. So in terms of like, as an example, yes. Like sex is something where we can get really judgy about what people find pleasurable, right? Like we put a lot of value judgments on that. And we can also have some self-value. And as a result, we tend to internalize those and have a lot of like self-value judgments around like, I like this. What's wrong with me? I found that exciting. I found that pleasurable, right? Pleasurable is just kind of an umbrella term for enjoyable for whatever reason. It might be enjoyable because it's exciting or erotic or scary or whatever, right? There's a million reasons something can be pleasurable. But 
I think part of the reason that this is like maybe a bit tricky is because what we are having, pleasure is a concept. So we are talking about it in a very conceptual way. Ugh. I'm trying to decide no, the con see, I'm trying now. to describe the concept of pleasure. Okay, so now Which is why we never did this episode, Jeremiah. Do you hard. understand now? This is hard. <laughs> <laughs> Do you understand now? This is why. This cuz this is why people you are actually illustrating why people feel confused by it because pleasure is a concept. It's this kind of amorphous experience that shows up sometimes and doesn't show up other times and can show up in certain scenarios and not in others. And it's part of why it's not as simple as it seems. Okay. So because we, we know that it's not as simple as it seems. We understand that part of the conceptualization of what it is we're talking about with pleasure. So where are we going with this? Like, uh, Okay. Well, one of the things I want to talk about is why are people sometimes, not everybody, but why do people sometimes get scared of having a pleasurable experience? I think that's a great place to start. Let's start there. Okay. So – Part of it is just what we were talking about, judgment, right? Like not knowing what types of pleasure are okay or not okay and yeah, being worried. Yeah, and uh, clearly your judgment just lost us a ton of listeners dogging ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> I took responsibility. That was inappropriate. I took responsibility. Um, so, you know, with with not knowing what types are okay. Like, you know, I don't even know how many sessions I've had, or even frankly, conversations with people I've had over the years over being really scared of things that people find, like really scared of things that they find pleasurable, right? Oh, like, uh, I, yeah, we've talked about this. Okay. I'm with you now again. Okay. Yep. Yep. Back online. Back Here online. I rebooted. I feel it. Like when we talked about like, you know, uh, there were things that I experienced sexually that I thought I was really like I was screwed up in the head. Like, you know, um, that I liked, you know, like voyeurism or stuff like that. So early on in my sexual career, so to speak, like I had a lot of shame and like like I was like that pleasure is wrong and bad and I shouldn't get pleasure from something that is outside of the societal norm and just doing missionary and making children. Right. 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 Yes. And so that's a very real way in sex that it can show up and it can show up to, you know, sometimes it's interesting because sometimes somebody can like logically know that it's OK to like feel pleasure, but like have a lot of like almost like unconscious resistance to it. it the good example was actually the one that I gave about love. Love is something that can be really pleasurable and fucking terrifying at the same time. Right. Because it feels really good, and then what it often triggers is a fear of, oh, fuck, and what if I lose this feeling? And when people get scared about losing a sensation that feels really good, sometimes they'll back off of it. Okay. And there's sort of an unconscious kind of backing off in a certain way. Okay. And is it just because of fear that this happens, or – yeah, so I think sometimes it's about fear, and I think, but it might be fear about a variety of things, right? Like one of the things that can be really scary about pleasure is that it can make people feel out of control. Oh, now we're getting to the nitty gritty here. Okay, <laughs> yes, yes, right. I'm with you now. I totally agree with that because there are some pleasures that, you know, a perfect example, okay? I don't want to bring up something that's really upsetting, but- uh, I'm obviously, as all of our millions of fans know, I'm a huge diehard Buffalo Bills football fan, okay? Like my whole life. And we had this epic game against Kansas City and we lost, right? But in the process, like there were a couple times that like I was getting so much pleasure out of that game and the euphoria and pleasure that I was feeling totally made me feel out of control. Like I was like out of control and I wasn't even drinking. Like I was just mm -hmm. like just in and. I jumped up so hard at one point because of the pleasure that I knocked my buddy's glasses off his head, right? And so, like, you know, pleasure can be dangerous, man. Like, I, I can see, <laughs> like, this, yeah. I can see what you're saying. I'm with you. Like, pleasure well, yeah, makes it, me feel, that may, I was so pleasurable, even then, because we were, we were winning the game, we are going to win the game, that I felt out of control. Yeah. I mean, and there's lots of ways that people, thank you, that's a good example of feeling pleasure, right? Yeah, and there's lots- you. Yeah, there are lots of ways that people can feel pleasure that they both enjoy, right? This is a dialectic, two truths. Like you can have dialectic is like mul there's multiple truths occurring at one time, right? People can both like people can both 
really love what's happening. That's that kind of, I love it. I hate it. Like get it away from me sort of experience where someone can love what's happening and want to run away from it because it feels scary. And a lot of times part of what feels scary, not always by any stretch of the imagination is that it feels like you're on the edge of losing control. This is a phenomenon that can happen with orgasm actually for some people. Yes. I, I was, I don't remember where I was reading it, but I totally, yeah, like I was, reading something about somebody who has never had an orgasm they were like in their 30s and uh they were just it was it was fear of like it was all about control for them right and they wanted to hold on to that control so badly they didn't want to have the orgasm because they were so afraid of being out of control right? right is that what you're talking about yeah and so for some people that can be a really real like a very real thing but i do want to like make a caveat here because here at the university of pleasure we don't want to like feed stereotypes and problematic thinking so there is a stereotype that sometimes like people that can't orgasm are just control freaks that's not what i'm talking about i, I want to be okay? clear that was not yeah. what i was insinuating no, i know that's i know that's not what you're saying but i want to because i'm using it as example i want to okay. be very very clear around that because that is like a stereotype there are lots of reasons that people might not be able to orgasm part of it is just learning your body and like the mechanics of it and understanding how it works. So there's a bajillion reasons somebody may not be able to orgasm or might be struggling with that. And that doesn't make somebody a control freak. That's just like my caveat, right? right, However, that said, for some people, the experience of an orgasm is something that can feel very out of control. And part of, they might be like, so as you think about it this way, right? As one edges towards an orgasm, right? They start to feel less and less in control. And for some people, that can feel really scary. So they unconsciously often, not consciously, find themselves shutting that shit down, right? Right. Because especially if you've never experienced an orgasm, you don't know where you're headed, right? It's like jumping into an abyss and hoping that, you know, you'll pop up somewhere and be okay. Yes. And so that's a really from a human nature standpoint, it's really hard for some for some of us. And, you know, like I said, that's all created equal. Somebody might have a easy time orgasming, but a really, really hard time letting go of that control around pleasure in another way. Like the love example is a good one, you know? So there's, there's just lots of sort of areas though, where jumping into that abyss can kind of create almost like a avoidance or freeze response because we don't like not knowing and we don't like being out of control, right? It's it's how we make sense of the world. And orgasm is a particularly scary one because to a certain degree, you kind of are. It's a spinal cord response, right? You're in sort of a reflex when you orgasm. So you don't have a lot of conscious control over like your body and your facial expressions. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have to stop you. Spinal cord response? What the hell are you talking about? An orgasm. So an orgasm. Is a spinal cord response? It's a reflex. Oh, yeah. Wait, hang on a second. We've been doing this podcast for two years. Before, We're on season three. And how have I not known this? I think it's called listening. I think. What? <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> Don't worry. I'll put this on the season three ending of Was Jeremiah Listening? So we'll make sure you got it. <laughs> Spinal cord response has never been a part of this podcast. All right. Well, I'll let you go back and listen with a fine tooth comb. But either way, if I failed to say it before, uh, which is entirely possible. Um, it's a reflex, right? Orgasm is a reflex that's occurring. And like during a reflex, right? Just as like when you go into the doctor and someone hits your knee, right? You don't have conscious control of that. It just goes, right? And sometimes that's a really eerie feeling, right? Like when's the last time you had someone do the little thing on your knee at the doctor? It kind of, you feel, it feels weird, right? Because you, because you aren't in control and that creates a sense of distress for us sometimes. And again, like that can, and and it doesn't just happen in orgasm. It happens in other types of maybe pleasure experiences that make people feel out of control. Right. right, But we have to have, we've got to have pleasure in our lives, doc. It's important to make room for pleasure though. I mean, I got to have it like, you know, like if you're scared of pleasure and stuff, we got to have pleasure in our lives though. Yeah. And I'm going to, I promise you that before we leave today and we will talk about how do you make room for it in your life? Because you're right. It's about finding a balance between how do you make space for it in your life and have it in your life, but also how do you, you know, find balance if you're like, so different people have different struggles, right? For some people, they might, they might have struggles 
prioritizing pleasure and making it a part of their life and allowing themselves to experience certain things. And I'm not just talking about orgasm, other types of pleasure, non-sexual pleasure, just pleasure in a, a pleasure of a hobby, pleasure of taking time to themselves when they have a busy work schedule, right? There's all sorts of ways that people can have a hard time with that. And then there are some people that struggle in the opposite direction, right? Where they let pleasure take up a little too much space, I don't know. You're life. looking at me for a reason. I don't. I, I get a. You're on the screen, man. Okay. I have to <laughs> look at I don't you. know. You giving me an eye there. I was like, you think you say I got too much pleasure in my life? Is that what you're saying? No, but I feel like your defensiveness I'm not is something being defensive. we could. <laughs> something. <laughs> I feel I like know. your reactivity is something we could explore, Jeremiah. No, if like. no, can't therapize me because we're friends. So yep, that's there it true. Is. I can. I cannot. You are correct. Yeah. However, however, there are right like. Sometimes there are people that struggle with kind of like being overly focused on pleasure more as maybe a form of escapism, right? So All maybe right. it's Fair. maybe that it's that they're having a hard sometimes there's lots of different reasons that might happen for somebody, but like sometimes that happens around sexual pleasure, sometimes it happens with substances, right? Substances give people a sense of pleasure, right? Sometimes it happens with uh, food. Like there's all sorts of things that can promote a feeling of pleasure that people can kind of go overboard with because, you know, it's more often than not when people are kind of way overdoing pleasure, it's often because there's a struggle with dealing with maybe more of that pain side of pleasure, right? More of the difficult emotions, okay. more of those difficult sort of emotional experiences. And so, so there's a bit of an, an escapist kind of mechanics of it at times all right so what do we do how do we find more pleasure how do we balance pleasure start hitting us with some uh you know finding our way through the fog well i think first you know in order to like prioritize something you first have to decide and why it's worth giving a shit about right <laughs> so right. you know so why is it important why does it matter well you know it's kind of the thing that makes life worth living <laughs> So if, uh, if, and again, I'm not just talking about sexual pleasure. I'm talking about pleasure in a variety of ways, but all pleasure. Yeah. Pleasure that you could get with, you know, a hobby. It could be, it could be finger painting for all I care, right? Just those moments of peace and joy and sort of things that we allow ourselves in our lives. But what's really fascinating to me is I have a lot of people in my office talk about how they want to have more pleasure across a variety of dynamics, not just sex. And they say, I want this, but I can't seem to make space for it. And it's often not about like, literally, I can't make the time for it. It's often about, I don't know how to give myself permission to do that because I've gotten in a pattern of like maybe feeling like I have to always be responsible. We're, culturally, in a, like American culture, and again, there's always exceptions within this because there's a lot of cultural groups in America, but more generally speaking, America is a very uh, success-focused and uh, achievement-focused, goal-focused culture. Agreed. Move, 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 move. What are, you, what are you producing? What are you succeeding at? What are you achieving? What are you doing? Yep. I'm, and part of what's lost in that is sort of this sensation of pausing. You know, you see more of it in like kind of the mindfulness movement that you see now, people pushing for more like how do you engage in presence and like have mindfulness because that's a huge part of pleasure, right? Like, Yeah, you it is. Well, that's what I was saying. You know, I, I, I've run into this in my life and I'm not ashamed to admit it. There have been times where, you know, I've had really amazing, successful things happen, you know, and then I really struggled to find the pleasure in you know, the the wonderful thing that was happening, right? Because uh, I got stuck worrying about what was going to happen tomorrow instead of kind of just being like, let this just be a pleasurable experience. You know what I mean? Right. So yes. I, I could see that. Well, and I think it, it happens in sex in really concrete ways, right? Like people get so goal focused on having an orgasm that they miss all the fun that they're having on the way there. Yeah, all the lead up. <laughs> yeah, that's like, that is the sex. That's the quote of this podcast today, by the way. That's the quote of this episode. That is the sex. <laughs> yeah, it's my Seinfeld, right? Uh, but, but people get so focused on that outcome that they feel like they have to have and they have to achieve. And sometimes it's not even for themselves that they feel like they have to have for somebody else or to prove a thing that then they miss it. 
they miss all the pleasure of the journey, right? And so, like, you, people, if some, if people want to, if, if you're somebody that's listening, you're like, yeah, I'm terrible at pleasure. Practicing even just like mindfulness stuff. There's like a bajillion apps, right? There's Headspace, there's Calm, right? Like, there's all these sort of apps out there that can help in like meditations and groups and things. So that is certainly a skill you can start working on is building presence because it's hard to experience pleasure if you ain't present for it, right? Like, you kind of have to be present for it, but. Part of the reason that it's so important is that like, you know, you, you listen to people that maybe like study like Zen Buddhism or things and, and what you'll hear them talk about philosophically, right. About life, right. Like we're all always trying to figure out life. What does it all mean? Right. Like these great existential questions that haunt us all on a day-to-day -day basis. Not me, um, not haunted not, at all. That doesn't surprise me. Jeremy. How dare you? How <laughs> dare you? Maybe that's this, that's the escapist pleasure part of you. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> but what would I know? I'm what not would there. you know? What would I know? I'm not paying attention. Um, so, but like in, in, and again, I am not an expert in Zen Buddhism, so, Buddhism, so please uh, do your own research on this. But like, you know, like they will talk, I've read books and stuff in which people talk about this idea that like life is suffering, right? And, and they don't say it in this like depressing, horrible way, but this idea that life is suffering. And so part of meaning making in, in life is about creating a sense of presence. So like trying to practice more presence so you can experience these moments of joy, these moments of pleasure, of peace, of relief. Like that's part of what makes the suffering tolerable. It's part of what makes life beautiful, right? Like they talk in Buddhism about that sort of that, that yin and that yang, right? Between like pleasure and pain. Like right? you like, and me, Doc, the yin and the yang. The yin and the yang. 100%. One of us is pleasure and the other is pain and we can figure it out later. Um, <laughs> we will talk offline about that. Uh, but you know, it, it's also like, I just, I, I, I laugh about this because I, I had the privilege of living in Paris for a year, right? And it's very interesting culturally, right? Like the pre, like the French do something and they engage, I'm sure not every French person, right? But like there's a cultural sort of um, ideal called joie de vivre, which means joy of life, right? And it's about like taking moments for these pleasures, right? And they have a very different work schedule often in France. Like they yep. don't work as much as we work in the U.S. And, yep. and you and know, like, I think there's like a law there that's like you can't answer emails like, I mean, like it's, after they're, you go home. They're pretty, they're pretty serious about it. But like you walk out at 3.30 in the afternoon and you see people sitting by themselves in cafes, enjoying a book or, or drinking a cafe. And it in certain ways feels very like movie Paris. But like in other ways, it's like, I just always, when I was there, was like envious. I was like, y'all, I mean, I'm sure the French have their own things to figure out, but like, yeah, like there is this value. It's a, it's a cultural value in other cultures. There's some other cultures that have that value as well around like pleasure is important and you need to take the time to do it because it's like in French existentialism, not to get too deep here, right? Like there's very much this idea that like uh, life is terrible, then you die. So enjoy what you can. There you, know? you go. Like, there you go. Like, like that life is hard and it is a struggle. And if you don't take moments and you don't engage in pleasurable things, life is going to be so much harder than it needs to be. Right. But that said, some people really want that. They want to take that time. They want to have that experience, but they're just having a really hard time doing it. And there's a few reasons. And this is more of the like, what can we do? Yeah, how do I know we find? Come on, let's get some how do we right. find so I pleasure. About, I talked to one about one of these things. Like if you're somebody that notices you have a really hard time with pleasure, I won't lie. Mindfulness practices are probably things that I'd encourage you to check out because that really is about, that's all about presence building. And there's, so many different ways you can go about doing that. There's so many different mindfulness classes and apps and blah, blah, blah. I have but Calm. The, uh, I use the app Calm and I really like it. And I, I do some meditation stuff. And mm -hmm. uh, I think it's a really good app. There's a lot of like celebrity sexy voices on there and stuff like that. And uh, incidentally, uh, Calm, the app, if uh, you would like to uh, – be a corporate sponsor here for the University of Pleasure. Please give us a call on our new phone number. <laughs> hey, see how I did that? I'm sure that's 
I'm sure that's how they do business, just randomly cold calling people. <laughs> yeah, they call it, it's going to be a cold call, Doc. Come on, it's modern times. Yeah, yeah. By the great. way, this is why we have a new business partner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, uh, we'll let him handle that. Um, so, uh, like, I, I think that one of the things that can get, you know, like I talk about, like, you know, mindfulness is a really helpful thing, and there's lots of good things about that. But, like, there does have to be some level of personal intention and accountability to make those kind of changes, right? You can't just say, well, I want to have more pleasure in my life. And then like the magic pleasure fairy shows up and then there it is, right? right? Like you do have to put some effort in and some work in. And that's like having anything. Just wanting a thing doesn't mean that it shows up. And frankly, it doesn't mean just wanting it suggests that it should be easy. It's sometimes really life is hard and it's sometimes is really hard. Like I said, lots like lots of people really want to have more pleasure and they still struggle to find ways to make it a priority. And I and I I think I'll hear people ask like people will ask often like how do I find more pleasure? And I'm like, well, usually pleasure is easy to find. What's much harder is making it a priority. Hey, That's look at you Confucius. That was a good one. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I should write that down. Um, but but in I, I think sometimes making it a priority means that you have to start really accepting the idea that to develop and find things that you find as pleasurable means you're going to have to take some risks and you're going to have to be uncomfortable. So a really, and, and I know we're almost out of time here, but this is sort of an, a very concrete example I'll give. I have so many clients talk to me about, I need a hobby, right? I need a hobby. I need something that I can enjoy that's just for me, where there's not a lot of pressure around it and it's not work and it's just for me. And I say, that's great. What a good idea. I love the idea of a hobby. And then I start suggesting things. And do you have any guess what happens, Jeremiah? They start to freak out. They start getting anxious and <laughs> tell them they can't do it. Right. Yes. Some some nature of that. Sometimes it's anxious. Sometimes it's just like, no. Well, I don't like that. I don't think I'd like that. No, <laughs> I wouldn't like that either. No, I wouldn't like that. Well, here's a reason that I can't do that. And is it because they're trying to be purposefully difficult? No. The answer is no. Right. The reason that that's happening is because doing new things is hard and some people have an easier time of it than others. There's a personality characteristic. It's called openness to new experiences. It's actually like a, a, a characteristic of temperament in psychology and people that are high in openness to new experiences, not shockingly, tend to have an easier time with pleasure. <laughs> there it is. Right. But People that struggle with that, for whatever reason, tend to maybe have more struggles because part of experiencing pleasure means you have to try new stuff. You have to do new stuff, which means you have to take a risk. Like, so for instance, if somebody's saying, well, I want a new hobby, if you're somebody that's like, well, I've been saying I want a new hobby, but every time someone suggests something, I bat it away and say, well, that'll never work. Ask yourself, why? <laughs> why <laughs> like, is that? Why is that? Because sometimes doing something, even if something sucks, figuring out what you don't like is also a pathway to figuring out what you like, right? Ooh, yeah. If you go and you try to fit, let's say you didn't know your shoe size for whatever reason, you would just start trying on shoes. And even it would be the shoes not fitting that would lead you to understand which ones fit. There you go, Doc. Well and said. So and so you have to try stuff that might not fit, and that will get you there just as fast, if not just faster than magically coming upon the idea of the perfect thing that you're going to like. And so this, this, this experience of practicing openness to new experiences, if you want more pleasure in your life, often has to be a part of that. You have to be willing to try and try something new. Well done. Well said. I was a little lost at the beginning, but I caught up towards the end. I now am with you, and I thought that that actually ended up being a really great episode. I was proven uh, 100% wrong. And 
Well, I'm, sometimes you have to sit with the, the the discomfort of not understanding to get to understanding. Listen, I'm a humble enough man to know when I am not 100% correct. I was not 100% correct in this episode. I think it came out really great. I really do because really I understand what you're saying about the fear and pleasure and all that kind of stuff. So try new things like the doc said. Get out there. It is. It might be a little bit scary, but, you know, a little mindfulness you know, a little bit of uh, being present and all that jazz, and uh, you'll find a little bit more pleasure. And that's what we're all about here at the yes. University of Pleasure. You were going to say something. I stopped talking because you gonna, made a no, face. No, no, I was just going to say, I do want to say, though, everything I'm talking about takes practice. It takes practice. You can't just do it overnight. And part of that requires being compassionate with yourself in the process. It's okay if you notice that you're having a hard time doing that, what's not going to help you is being like, well, I'm the worst because I can't enjoy anything. Right? Right. It's trying to be, and I get that this in and of itself is a practice of being self-compassionate and going, this is hard for me and I want to change it. I would rather it not be this way, but what can I start to do differently rather than that like kind of self-shaming thing that people tend to fall into. Anyway, just to say that. Well, Doc, I got to be honest with you. I'm really happy to be back. I'm really happy to see your face again, even though it's virtually, but I will be seeing it in person soon. And I'm going to give you a big old Jeremiah James bear hug. Within reason, because I'm all about consent. So if you consent to the hug, I will, of course, give the hug. But if you don't consent to an officially strong bear hug, I will give you a light pat on the back that I missed you. How about that? I will consider these options and give you my response. (laughs) Okay. Hey, you know what? I'll take it. Listen, it really is good to see you. It's good to be back. It's good to be talking to all of our listeners here at the University of Pleasure. Don't forget, uh, after we launch this episode on Valentine's Day, which is, of course, the 14th, don't forget to hop back on the University of Pleasure on the 17th to check out The Doc's new show, starring Laura Rademacher and Dr. Tara Jansen, which, of course, is, give us the name, Doc. Sex therapists shoot the shit. And it really is a good time. Uh, And we hope you check that out. And uh, we look forward to talking to you all soon again. So, hey, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Just be kind to one another. And uh, we'll be talking to you all again really soon. Happy beginning of season three, Doc. Bye. Bye. This episode of the University of Pleasure was produced, directed, and edited by me, Jeremiah James. It was written by Dr. Tara Jansen and me, Jeremiah James. The University of Pleasure theme music was written by the incomparable Robert Felstein. And special thanks to our new associate producer, Kyle Binkley. And please remember, we want to be as inclusive as possible of the diverse experiences of others here at the University of Pleasure. So please email us your suggestions for topics that might be suited to you directly, questions, feedback, or just really great sex stories at contact at universityofpleasure.com. <laughs>